Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, November 13th. Nice day here in St. Louis. Not everything is totally frozen. A little chilly this morning on the way in. It's going to be uh, warmer. 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 <laughs> like it's warming 40. all the way up to 32 today. <laughs> Woo. Oh, just on the, the risk of not freezing. <laughs> just right there on the, the edge. Yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's almost winter, right? <laughs> when does winter start? That's Next right. month? <laughs> I saw a few memes like Novemberary. No, yes, oh yeah, that's yes. that's clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. we have two. Uh, we have really uh, engaging opportunities today to share. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our series on short-term opportunities, and so we'll hear a story from one of the volunteers that served in Poland. Um, and also this summer at convention, we learned a little bit about making disciples for life. What mm-hmm. is that? We're going to dig into that a little more today. Starting a series on making disciples for life as well. We're good at series around here. We like them. We're series Yes. Thanks to Concordia <laughs> University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. In studio with us this morning in the flesh, the Reverend Robert Zagor, <laughs> Executive Director of the LCMS Office of National Mission. Pastor Zagor, thanks for joining us in studio. It's a real pleasure to be here with both of you. I think we folks might recognize your voice from chapel, because you preach in chapel mm-hmm. here at the International Center, so our <laughs> listeners may recognize you from that. Always uh, sermons or homilies with uh, some sort of story that uh, that takes us back, usually to Michigan, right? Yeah. Usually to Michigan, <laughs> which is why I'm thinking that all of you people from Missouri are wimps when it comes to cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's cold, though. Well, it is it, cold. It's all the memes about people in Michigan, like when it gets down to 50, and they're like, finally, shorts weather. <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's uh, a thing. <laughs> this is 4th of July beach weather here. <laughs> yep. What part exactly. of Michigan were you in? <laughs> <laughs> the part where it always snows. <laughs> well, at, at the convention this summer, we learned to, uh, about making disciples for life. But for those of us who weren't at convention, what is making disciples for life? And you can, you can share with us um, the elevator speech, or you can share with us a story. Okay. Well... I'll give you a little bit of both. Sounds great. When when we started working on what the Synod really needed as its triennial emphasis and what the focus of the Office of National Mission should be over the course of the next three years, we kind of went back to my interview for this position. They, they, they brought me in. And you have to understand that I was told in advance I had no chance of getting the call for this position. So <laughs> I, 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 really, I really took that much to heart, and I said anything that I wanted to. And among the things that I said was, for a lot of people, synod is irrelevant. And synod is irrelevant not because synod doesn't have anything to offer, but because there's no connection in a lot of places between what goes on daily in the parish and what goes on daily in the international center or or around the world. And people think that that in the IC we folks just handle higher level things and they go about the real grunt work of daily life. And I knew that that shouldn't be the case. 
I was in the parish for 27 years, and and I often would say to people, the bad thing about me being in a church for so long is that the church starts looking like me because I've trained everybody, and we never get any better at anything than I am at it <laughs> because I'm the one who trains people to do all the jobs, and what I don't know how to do, the church doesn't know how to do, and that that really limited us. But I often didn't know where to turn for resources or help. We have some of the most wonderful experts in the world who work on an everyday basis with me. And so we started saying, how do we get, not only do we get to the church to know that these resources are here, but how do we hear from the congregations, from the people who are actually doing the work, what it is that they really need most? And we started looking for different ways that we could engage each other to actually be in the same place, to talk about sharing resources, and to develop a communication loop which would keep making the resources that, that we're producing here more responsive to their needs, the, the access to experts that they need more responsive to needs. And we said, well, the very best thing that a church can do is gather. After all, that's the word out of Hebrews, right? <laughs> Don't forsake the gathering together. And that's that's the word metasynagogon. So it's not just a worship service. That's all of the gatherings, that meta in front of it. All of the gatherings, because that's important to us. We do some of our best work face-to-face -face as the Holy Spirit gathers us. Even Jesus, as he's talking about it, says, where two or three are gathered, there I'll be in the midst of you. So that gathering has a really important element to it. So we said we need to have regional conferences where we actually talk to each other. We don't just have a bunch of people flown in. They say, I'm the expert. I'm going to give you 30 minutes of my best advice. Go home and implement it. Because that's not the way that you do things. That's not, that's not salutary. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. I went to many a conference like that. And I usually wrote sermons during the speeches. <laughs> it was just sometimes it was just unendurable because they weren't answering any question I had. They weren't doing anything that had to do with my work. And we said, "How can we make this interactive?" And so we've designed a, a series of regional conferences. The first one here is January 9th through 11th here at the International Center. And also an Internet Resource Center, which is going to share all of these things. And this, we're calling it an Internet Resource Center instead of a web page because you get to do things that you normally don't get to do on the Internet, like talk to live people <laughs> and say, I've got a question. And instead of just typing it into a Google search engine and saying, I've got a question, you actually get to speak with a physical person. And if that physical person doesn't know the answer or can't point you to a resource, they know where to point you to get further help. And, and so the whole idea is that we're going to keep getting smarter the more that we interact with each other. We're going to keep getting better at our mission the more we interact. So what are what are some of the things that people will learn uh, or some of the questions that people have uh, that they're going to be bringing to this resource center? Well, just about anything that happens in national mission. How how do I implement uh, an evangelism program in my church? How do we take our evangelism program to the next steps? How do I start a youth group? What are the seven practices of a healthy youth group? Can we get involved in the disaster response that our church is carrying out throughout throughout the world, really, 
Can we be a part of the new things that are that are going on with urban and inner city mission? We've heard about these things called national missionaries where where instead of just sending people to to far off places on a different continent, we send them to places where we really need a church, where we really need a Christian presence. And we help support them, and we help train them, and we help give them the resources that they need in order to carry out an effective amount of mission with a willing group of people who are already here but don't necessarily have the resources to do it themselves. And we're we're going to be announcing quite quickly a, a new plant where we're helping with that in Pennsylvania. It's just a wonderful thing that that we get to do all of these together. I've left out a whole bunch of them. The <laughs> Office of National Mission has has 21, soon to be 22 different ministries that wow. help with these things. And, and we've got 17 of the world's leading experts who work within the Office of National Mission who are subject matter experts. So if you want to know somebody who's been spending the last 25 years researching church planting, we've got them in the office. And it isn't just they've been doing book stuff. Everybody there has had feet on the ground. Everybody there has rolled up their sleeves and done the actual work. What if, so the, the January conference you, you mentioned yes. coming up January 9th mm-hmm. through the 11th here right. in St. Louis. Uh, details on how to register for that? Well, right now the registrations are available on the LCMS website. You can just click right through to the link and be a part of that. Uh, I'd like to give you, just so that you understand what an opportunity this is, because it's going to be a small group. This is going to be our first one and in some ways kind of a trial run. But here are the people with whom you'll be interacting, and a lot of this will be what we're calling table talks, where you sit at a table with 15 people, including these folks. Uh, Dr. Matthew Harrison, <laughs> the president of Synod. Dr. John Sias, the secretary of Synod. LWML president Debbie Larson. Um, Kevin, Kevin Robson, the chief mission officer of Synod. Uh, Dr. Jim Bonick, who's the, the head of pastoral education within the, within the building. Dan McMiller, Reverend Dan McMiller, the head of the Office of International Mission. Me, Mark Hoffman, who does, who does mission advancement here in the, in the building. Roosevelt Gray, who does urban inner city and black mission. Heath Curtis, who does stewardship. Deaconess Marianne Hader, who does grants. Dr. Ross Johnson, who does disaster relief. Mark Kiesling, who does, who does youth work. Todd Holbaum, who does rural and small town ministry, Dorothy Deaconess Dorothy Krantz, who does um, recognized service organizations, uh, Michael Meyer, who does who does the disaster training, Deaconess Kara Patton, who is becoming an expert on on volunteer work, uh, Steve Shave, Urban and Inner City Mission, Dr. Becky Schmidt, who is our our school our school guru, and. Dr. Mark Wood, who does revitality and and evangelism, and Marcus Marcus Zell, who does our campus work. So those are just some of the speakers, and everybody has complete access to them. Outstanding. So registration for that, lcms.org. You can find the link right there. The slider on lcms.org. The, the you don't even <laughs> have to go very far. It's right up top in that scrolling bar. 
and you can register for that there. Right. Uh, what if you can't make it to the St. Louis event? Are there more opportunities in the future? There are many more opportunities mm-hmm. in the future, including the next one, which is scheduled for the weekend after Easter in Fort Wayne, Indiana, on the Concordia Theological Seminary campus. Very good. The Reverend Robert Zagor, Executive Director, LCMS Office of National Mission, Making Disciples for Life. First conference coming up January 9th through the 11th, right here in tropical St. Louis. <laughs> Come join us for that first conference. Um, you can find out more at lcms.org. Thank you so much for being our guest this morning. Thank you so much. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Bye.